everybody welcome back to afros and combos what up what up what up hey y'all cheerio <laughs> frosted flakes frosted, frosted flakes. flakes you know they say like cheerio so it's like oh. <laughs> wow Cocoa puffs. okay lucky charm keep so it so- moving go ahead cookie <laughs> save her wow Mm. All right. Uh, before we get started, wow. Before bad. we get started, want to hit all the preliminaries. Um, like and subscribe to the podcast as always. Um, check us out on social media. We are at Afros and Combos on IG. Email us with any feedback, questions, all of that jazz at Afros and Combos at gmail.com and check out the website at Afros and Combos.com. All right. Any news that we have today? I got y'all because I'm probably the only one with news. So, um, I got oh, some. Okay. Oh, you offended by that? Come here, my bad. <laughs> my I'm bad. Trying to say we ain't prepared. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Um, I'm gonna get you some news on Jesse. I know you all have been patiently awaiting um update. Not at all. Um, not, at all. not the fans have, the listeners have. So they haven't. They don't give a damn either. <laughs> Can I finish my news or not? You finished? Go ahead, go ahead. God bless you. Um, So he had, um, Jesse had filed a, um, like a counter, uh, like a counter shoot um, back in what, November. Um, And his case actually just got thrown out because the judge was saying he could not file a malicious prosecution claim until after all his proceedings that are against him right now um, have ended. So Jesse, unfortunately, cannot move on with his counter suit. So he just got to sit tight and wait for them to prove that he's guilty. Um, which is unfortunate, but mm. another news that I have is, so there right. is, <laughs> you're a hater. <laughs> another news I have is, um, Idris Elba, aka my boo. Oh, oh um, God. <laughs> news is getting better and better okay, <laughs> he apparently would like for us to commemorate commemorate the COVID-19 moving forward by taking a week where we just stay at home in honor of this moment in time to remember each other um and this this moment that's happened what are y'all thoughts on that I vote no okay I agree I third that. Okay. Yes, I I love him with all my heart, but I too think that is an idiotic idea. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and I was like, "What, bro? You get coronavirus and now you want everybody to stay in the house for a week to honor that? No, no. I'm pretty sure most people do not want to constantly remember this for the foreseeable future. Yeah. But shout out to him and that idea that we all collectively think is dumb. <laughs> but that's that news. That's it? I have one more, but I'm going to hold off because y'all always be clowning me for having too many news. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. What you got? Go ahead, sis. Okay, so... <laughs> I'd be so excited to share. Um, So there is a DC based company um, that was started by two uh, women called grounded and it's a subscriptions uh, based plant service um, that I thought was why you don't, you're not a fan. (laughs) 
<laughs> what is that? Like you sign up and they send you a new plant every month? Yeah. So the you Can have I to. Not run out of space? I would run out of space. Well, I mean, it, yeah. Maybe you get like seeds or something. So you can you can just buy like just plants for like 15 to 20 each but if you decide to do the subscription you have to commit to at least three months and it costs between 50 and 100 dollars a month depending on the type of space and the number of plants in each package which can range which can either be two or four and you can also customize it as well thoughts i mean are, are, are you selling these plants i don't understand why this is new <laughs> Are you? I think that's a. I think that's a very interesting and intriguing idea. No, this is not my company. I'm not. I'm not oh, I was just wondering why you would want to. Why you brought it to the table? Because I thought that was interesting. Has you have you all heard of a subscription based service of plants? No, and I think there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like no, I haven't. But if I but if I did, I wouldn't have been like, oh, this is so interesting. Let's talk about this on the podcast. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I just, I just, I just thought there was gonna be a twist, like you were gonna say, and they'll send weed to your house, or like, <laughs> or you, I mean, like, I just thought there was gonna be some sort of just like zinger in there, you know? The aloe plants is laced with weed, <laughs> but like, but that's it. They just send in like, like succulents to just, your house. Yeah, <laughs> is a really wow. big thing, and they like let me capitalize on this market and fill this gap for your need for monthly plants to come to your door <laughs> i guess they gonna capitalize on the people who keep killing them because people talk about how they be killing plants all the time because i just yeah, feel like real. at a certain point you're gonna reach a cap like you can't i mean unless you got a like a greenhouse or something <laughs> <laughs> but but i've seen people that have like their living room is just full of plants like every weekend they're going to get a new plant so there are some people out there who who really want that i mean plants be therapeutic for people yeah and they bring in gnats and bugs and you know a lot of stuff that's cool cool you you i mean i like plants plants, but i won't be using yeah i wouldn't be either but shout out to them wow are are they black i believe so yes Oh, you believe okay. so. You okay. They're black women. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's a part like of why name. I shouted them out. Yeah, that's a part of why I shouted them out was somebody, somebody, somebody saved this segment. I'm grasping this straw. Girl, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> Camille, you got some news? Well, speaking of foolishness, like that. Um... <laughs> speaking of foolishness. <laughs> we have a, uh, some quotes by our, um, you know, by, by the president of the United States of America. Ooh, Chile. Who okay. Has, he has um, some suggestions on how uh, we can treat coronavirus. Oh Lord. Uh, he wants people to be, uh, you know, provide UV light for people to be under. To get <laughs> wait, wait, what? As well, as well as inject them with disinfectants. These are two options. No, that no, 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 no. Those words came out of his mouth. Like he, those are his suggestions. If you look, uh, go to your shade room uh, app. Go, go to Instagram and go to their page. Was he serious or was this a joke, girl? You know, you can never tell joking. nowadays. Like inject them with like Lysol. Disinfectant was the term that he used. Oh my gosh. Okay. I I will I refrain from speaking on that. So you know. 
Maybe he knows about some sort of advancements. He don't, sit, he don't. Mm -mm, he this don't. This is on NBC, on NBC News. It says Trump suggests injection of disinfectant to be corona. Wow. Sis, he don't know nothing. That's dumb. I mean, I just be trying to, I don't know. That's he really gracious like, of you. Nah, bro. That's, he he okay. said that it can possibly clean the lungs. <laughs> <laughs> you mean before after it kills you? <laughs> Woo! Wow, this is it. That that's crazy. That's bad. <laughs> that's really bad. And why UV light? Well, you know, it's used to kill like uh, different infections, and sometimes it's used in radiation, like um, for bacteria, right? Does it kill viruses? Um, not that I know of, but you know, I'm... <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't know much about UV light, so maybe you can. I don't know. I doubt it, but okay. Mm. I don't know the difference. So. <laughs> That's... Between a virus and a bacteria? Yeah, I was an accounting major. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> uh, That's all I got, though. Wow. Well, I have some, um, a little bit of news. So, um, this is kind of sad, but, oh, uh, so Elizabeth Warren says that she lost her brother to coronavirus. Mm -hmm. um, Maxine Waters says her sister is dying of coronavirus. Oh my oh gosh. No. Yeah. And uh, so she was, Maxine, Representative Waters was on the, um, the floor. Um, she had like a mask and she uh, made a statement on the House floor before they voted on that uh that what was it like 400 and something billion dollars yeah um before they voted on that package and said that she was going to take a moment to dedicate this legislation to her sister who is dying in a hospital in st louis mm. um so yeah i mean you know it's it, yeah you know it's getting real then you have you know people like my governor in the good old state of georgia who is opening up um, the state on tomorrow. So Friday, April 24th, he says that uh, restaurants can open. Uh, you know, the, the, the list of things that he says can open just don't really make sense. You know, massage parlors, nail salons. tattoo parlors, nail salons, barbershops, and bowling alleys. Um, what about the skating rink? <laughs> Laser well, tag? You, know, <laughs> you know, those were not mentioned, but I don't know. You know, I just feel like... Um, and and he said that you know these these places that are opening they need to they still need to comply and you know um, have strict social distancing in place. Wait, so we gonna have a we gonna have a six foot tattoo needle? Like I don't. <laughs> how do you cut hair from six feet away? How do how if I gonna have some clippers that is six feet long? I don't understand. How am I social distance? Oh the God. stuff that you opening is literally the most like you have to touch people literally like. Yeah. Bowling, bowling, first bowling is bowling alleys are nasty on like yeah. a normal day, yes, and like are. I'm having to wear other people's shoes, I'm having to touch other people's balls that they bowling balls that they <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, bring it back. 
balling them like just that is disgusting so like gross 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 and um and you know it's bad when the president uh trump that is has publicly said that he thinks that governor kemp is moving too fast now that's telling wow yes so supposedly they had a phone call and, you know, on the phone call, they say that Trump was encouraging and was supportive. But then the, the man gets up on uh, the press conference and says that he thinks that he's moving too fast. Mm-hmm. That's how you know. You doing too much. Mm-mm. But on some other news, Megan McCain has said that she's voting for Joe Biden for president. What? Uh, yeah, she wow. says that that sh- she says that that should be no surprise because Wait. there has been one man who has been tormenting her father, and there has been another man who has been very supportive in the death of her father. Yeah. Okay, so girl. Mm-hmm. Okay, Megan. I forgot her dad died. Yeah, her dad died, yeah. and Trump has like literally was poking at him from the yeah. moment that he like, well before that too but he he said that like he wasn't like he doesn't see him as a hero because heroes don't get caught in war and what says the man who ain't never served a day mm-hmm. never. avoided serving it up yep and he said that uh he basically like after he made that healthcare vote like it was just downhill from there and yeah so yeah he uh, went loud at the funeral was he he like banned uh, no, I don't think he was. That's correct. I don't think he was. So that's another thing. Wow. And then she was like, yeah, Trump just, you know, Megan was like, Trump makes her mama cry on like a regular basis because he's just so mean and rude and ugly. And so, oh. mm-hmm. so she's voting for Joe Biden. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then in the last piece of news, so do y'all remember them black women who got kicked, who um, were on the golf course? Mm-hmm. And the police got called on them because they yeah, were. We talked about that on the yes, we did because they were moving too slow. Well, they have filed suit against that company. Hmm. That was a year and a half ago, wasn't it? Yeah, girl, it take time. What you mean? It take time for a lawsuit to get built, and you know all this stuff happens sometimes. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. As long as the statute of limitations did not run, you good, girl. So, yeah, they're filing suit. They are um, claiming compensatory and punitive damages. That's big words. But they have in the amount they did not, of. They what? In the amount of. They did not list the amount. So I, oh. I'm pretty sure it says in however the, it's like worded to whatever the court sees fit or something like that. So they didn't ask for a specific amount. But mm, I'm sure they're seeking in the millions. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but that's all I got. That's all I got. Oh, yeah, y'all. Did y'all see uh, the black woman doctor? I don't remember her name. Gosh. But uh, she's apparently in Georgia, and she, like, went in on the governor about opening up the state. Oh, and, like, I didn't everybody watch that was uh, reposting her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was going in. Yeah. She was just like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, I mean, everybody's going in on him. He's made national news at this point. Like, yeah. everybody is talking about him. Yeah. So, I just, you know, I, like, honestly, like, my husband and I were talking about it not too long ago. And, like, I think it was the day he announced it, actually. And it's it's unfortunate because more people are going to get sick. More people are going to die. And that is very unfortunate. And 
it's also unfortunate that a lot of them are going to probably um be black and brown mm-hmm. um, we, li- we actually live around the corner from one of the facilities that it's like older uh, uh elderly com- community it's not like a nursing home but it's like a, com- you know, a community you know kind of yes like, yes mm-hmm. exactly um and like 83 percent of them tested positive oh my oh, gosh wow. yeah Jeez. um that came out when two of two of them they were a married couple they died like right after each other and then they went to like figure out where they were living turns out 83 percent of that community had tested positive so you know it's like it's 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 sad it's unfortunate and uh you know but I mean, what what can you? Because it's not we're we're not even like at our peak yet, based off of yeah. what science is saying. I just don't even yeah. understand what he's making his decision off of. So I'm like, we making yeah. decisions like the curve been flat or on its way to be flat. And Could even be. if it's flat, like it still has to go down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what number Georgia is on the list? We were like four. Like we're oh. pretty high. We're pretty high. I know if we're not for, we're definitely in the top five. Mm. So, yeah, we're pretty high. Well, you know, our, our governor said he not extending the thing, but he too busy running his business. Uh, so we don't get to see him that much on the news. <laughs> he being an entrepreneur on the side of his governorship. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's crazy. That's really sad. Yeah. Well, anything else anybody has? No, all hearts and minds clear. All right, we will be right back. And we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. Okay, so we have spent um, a number of episodes talking Ooh, about- Yeah, countless. Talking about- <laughs> Talking about relationships and love and all that good stuff. Um, but, you know, we wanted to kind of talk about, because sometimes it just doesn't work. You know, even after you've dated, got engaged, got married, sometimes have kids, all of that, and you just walked into the bliss of holy matrimony. Sometimes it just don't work. Holy matrimony. You know? <laughs> It sometimes it just don't work out. So you know, uh, sometimes it results in you know uh, a divorce. You know, so we kind of wanted to talk about that. that. Those are very real situations that happen that you know some people find themselves in, and we kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. So um, wanted to pose a question: Has not has anybody been divorced? But has what is the level of experience with divorce? Have you seen divorce? Did you grow up around it? You know, what's your what's your level of experience with it? Well, for me, my parents were divorced. And as a kid, you really have to teach your kids how to think or they'll just think how they want to. But as a default, you always think that it's your fault. Mm-hmm. I feel like, what did I do to cause this? So a majority of my life, I spent like performing in hopes that that would bring my parents back together because I thought mm-hmm. that it ended because of me. Hmm. So yeah, divorce sucks, especially for the kids involved. 
How old were you? Yeah, you I was about remember? to ask that. I was five. Oh. You no, know, wow, you were real young. Okay, yeah. Because I was going to ask you what made you think that, but you probably don't even know. You're five. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For me, my parents are... They're in, it's a really weird, complicated situation, but I think the closest thing to divorce would be them, but they're, like, separated, and they've been separated. I don't know if they ever legally got divorced or whatever, but mm. they are separated, and they separated when my dad left, and I was older, so it didn't really... I didn't honestly didn't even I don't even think about their relationship in the context of them separated. I think because of how he left was so um, such a drastic thing that it overshadowed the implications of it on their relationship. So I was what like nineteen, twenty. So it didn't have the same effect on me. I wasn't thinking is it my fault or anything like that. I was more just upset that he left in the way that he left. Um, for a very long time and it's not until maybe recently that I've been thinking okay their relationship and what does that look like and you know is are there aspects of their relationship that I would have taken on and what aspects would I learn from and not implement in my future marriage Um, but yeah they're they're to my knowledge as of date their you know separation hasn't like drastically impacted me in a negative way Yeah, well, for me, I, um, outside of, like, distant family, I don't really have, um, a whole lot of experience with divorce. My parents have been married since, you know, they got married before me, and they've been married for 31 years at this point, so I really don't have a whole lot of experience with it. Um, so, growing up, I didn't really have any experience with divorce. My parents are still married. They've been married I don't know, somewhere between 35 and 40 years. It's more than 35, but it's less than 40, I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. Um, probably closer to 40, though. But anyway, so I didn't really... For the most part, like, my aunts and uncles and stuff are still... Well, the ones I'm close to are still married. Like, everybody in my family pretty much is, like, still married. Um, But then I got divorced. So then I have firsthand experience with divorce. Um, So that was really my first real, like, oh, wow. This is, like, really a thing that, like, real life happens. For real. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first real experience with it was that so why don't you tell us a little bit about like what happened who who did you get a divorce from what happened um just overall in general the whole story you know you don't have to be like a whole whole story but yeah like I, we i would like to know like what happened okay. um okay so First off, let me just say beforehand, I'm not that person that's ever going to, I'm not that person that's going to, like, speak ill of or bash an ex. Like, that's, I just have no desire to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I can just tell the story from my perspective as truthfully as I can. So, mm-hmm. um, I'll do the bashing. <laughs> no, you feel, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm feel free to not bash. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm not gonna say his name, but me and my ex got together when we were 14, and we dated pretty much all the way 
I mean, like, we broke up here and there, but, like, high school breakup, like, oh, I'm mad at you, we done, mm-hmm. and then we back together next week, like, that kind of breakup, um, but we dated all through, like, we dated through the end of junior high, through high school, through all the time I was in college and in graduate school, and so we had been together for 10 years when we got married. We got together at 14, we got married at 24. So he was in the military. He might still be, I don't know. But he was in the military. So when we got married, I moved from Nat no, from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, to Oklahoma, where he was stationed. And um it was a very lonely experience. I didn't know anyone there but him. He was in the military, so he would be gone for, like, months at a time at training and stuff. And it was just, it was a very, I don't know. Like, I think that there was a lot of adversity relationally, just, like, with the people around us. We didn't really have any community. We didn't really have anyone pouring into us we didn't really have it's like we had put ourselves on this island out there alone and so then when we started having difficulties it's like there wasn't really anyone who was on the inner circle who could speak into the situation Mm -hmm. so it just kind of escalated and I again like I said didn't like no one in my family was really divorced and so I didn't really know anyone who was divorced and so I was very like I can't let people know how things are. Mm -hmm. So I was very much so like trying to hold everything together without having to let anyone in. And so that just didn't work, obviously. Um, And so it was just a very lonely, just a very hard time. And we were married for two years. We were married for like two years exactly, like on our second wedding anniversary is when our divorce was finalized. Um, so, (laughs) oh, I laughed because you said, "Mm," like, that was touching, that that was amusing. Um, so, um, yeah, what you want to know? I'm not good at just, like, telling stories. I mean, so whose, whose decision out of YouTube? Okay, that's, that's, that's a big part. Okay. So he, he decided to, he decided that we should get divorced. Honestly, pretty much. Until I was divorced, I didn't really think I was going to get divorced. Like, mm-hmm. it's so, it's interesting because, like, just recently on The Real, well, I just saw it recently on YouTube. It might have been an old clip, TBH, don't know. But on The Real, Jeannie Mai was talking about how she knew she was going to get divorced. Like, she, she knew it wasn't going to work within the first year of her marriage. Wow. And how she wow. said she, everyone she's ever talked to, and she was married for 10 years. Wow. So everyone that she, she was like, everyone that she knows that's divorced or has she's talked to is like immediately, like, you know, like, even if it takes 20 years for it to actually happen within that first year, like, you just know that what? you made a mistake or that is not right. Really? And I was just and like, you just ride it I, out for <laughs> I mean, because if you're married and you're someone who's committed to being committed, then yes, six months in, if I'm like, dang, I think I made a mistake, I'm not going to immediately be like, let's go get a divorce. Mm, No. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
But I personally disagree. I mean, yeah. I can only speak for my own experience, but I mean, within the first year, were things right? No. Like, as soon as I moved to Oklahoma, I knew I knew something wasn't right. I knew mm. something was going on. But I had so much faith in the situation, faith in God, faith in our relationship. We've been together for 10 years at that point. That I literally never thought that we would get divorced. Like, it's like, oh, okay, like, this is a trial this is something we're going through, but we like, there will be another side to this. And that other side will be us being together, not us being divorced. So, um, I don't know how I ended up down that path, but yeah. So if things weren't right, uh, but he made the decision to get divorced. I didn't make the decision. So when he made the, so he tells you, well did he tell you like that like i think we should get a divorce and then like what was the conversation like after that like um so i mean mean, i did i kept trying like to the end and Mm -hmm. beyond i kept trying but that's just who i am um but i remember when he told me it was it was kind of well anyway i remember when he told me (laughs) it was like one day so we hadn't really been we were really struggling and just like, I was just like, I just want to spend time with you. And it was, he was just very distant and it just, something wasn't right. So on this day, he, he, I don't know if he called me or he texted me, but he was like, I want to meet you at the park. And so I was like, oh, yay. He wants to meet me at the park. Oh, no. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Total setup. Um, oh, God. It's, <laughs> It's so good to be like healed and whole, and you could talk about this yeah, stuff and yeah. not be like bursting out into tears. Anywho, so for the record, that is the only reason why we are laughing because we know yes. you were healed. Oh yeah, I'm one hundred percent totally good. Anyway, so he, I don't remember if it was a text or call. I was like, I want to meet you at the park. So I'm like, oh, he's gonna meet me at the park. We're gonna spend time together. It's gonna be so great. So I like get like as cute as you can, like oh, to go to the park. God. I mean, like, I wasn't like. I wasn't like in a dress and heels, but you know, like I was like, oh, I'm going to be cute. Like he actually wants to go out and go somewhere. It's a big deal. Oh, dang. So meet him at the park. He is like sitting on like the tailgate of his truck, like in front of this little lake or whatever. So I pull up next to him, sit down on the tailgate with him. We're talking. And I don't, I don't remember. This was like literally a million years ago. I don't remember everything that he said, but I do remember him being like, you know, I know you that you know, like some stuff has been going on, but I just wanted to let you know that I've really been thinking about it and I've come to the conclusion that I don't want to be married anymore. And I was like, oh, like, oh, like that, that's what this is. Like, that's not really where I thought this conversation or this evening Mm -hmm. was going. But yeah, that's how, that was, I think, the first time he like definitively was like, yeah, I, and he didn't use the word divorce, but he said he didn't want to be married anymore. And so then, I mean, thereafter, I mean, I continued to try to work on the relationship, but he, I mean, then got a lawyer and then I was, you know, still, yeah. And he was like, and I was just like, we should go to counseling or we should do all of these things. And he was just like, not really trying to do that. He was really trying to move forward in, the direction of divorce and so that's how it went does that answer your question 
Yeah. Wow. What was your initial, like, immediate reaction when he said it? Uh, I mean, obviously, I was very hurt. I was very hurt for many reasons. One, like, obviously, like I just explained this, I was, I didn't at all think that that's where the evening or the conversation was going. Yeah. Two, I was very much so blindsided because I, I, I don't know if I'm just an eternal optimist, but I, like I said, never thought that that would even be a conversation that we would be putting on the table. Like I thought that the conversation would be, okay, I'm acknowledging that we're having some difficulty. So this is what we need to do to try to get through it. Not we need to end our relationship. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was very, very hurt. Very, very. And then I, initially it's kind of like if someone slaps you, well, I'm guessing cause I've never actually been slapped, but <laughs> how it seems on the movies, like initially you're like shocked, like, Oh my gosh, they just slapped me. And then you kind of go into recovery mode of, okay, what do I do from here? What is my Mm -hmm. next step? What is my next move? So initially I was very shocked and very hurt, but then I went into, okay, this is just a further escalation of the test that we're going through. This is just a further escalation of the challenge that we are facing, but that does not mean definitively that this is what's going to happen just because that's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. so you you've said like several times that you did not think that like you never pictured that you would get a divorce you have been with him for 10 years at this point like uh did you feel I I know outside of the fact that you guys moved and like were secluded and not like didn't have community or anything like that did you notice any like changes in him that would like like and now looking back that you're like huh maybe like you know what I mean like in hindsight maybe I did see signs that you know pointed to this leading there you mean like signs before we got married no after you got married uh I mean yeah like I mean immediately once I moved to Oklahoma I knew that it he something wasn't right like Mm -hmm. he was not the same person that he was before and honestly before I moved to Oklahoma I knew that he was struggling, but I thought it was just coming from a place of he is alone out there. He is in an unfamiliar place. He's away from his family for the first time. He's struggling in a way that's reasonably understandable. But when I get there, I can bring some sort of normalcy and home and comfort Mm -hmm. to him. Mm -hmm. And so that should help him where he is. But it wasn't until I got there that I was like, oh, no, this is like. Yeah. beyond what yeah. I thought it was and like mm-hmm. you are in a different place than even I understood you to be but we were long distance for like six six years before we got mm-hmm. married like all while I was in college and in graduate school so what was your question did you notice any changes in him yeah so there were definitely changes I definitely was like oh okay this is not like the same and I knew that he was wrestling with some things but I just did it I just truly did not believe that those things would get the better of him mm-hmm. yeah what do you think brought about those changes in him mm-hmm. um I don't really want to speak on all of it because I don't know it to be true it's 
speculation of what I think, and I would rather not say that. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I think that a contributing factor was a lack of community, a lack of truly having like a mentor or discipleship. Like it was like he didn't really have anyone that if stuff just went to hell, it's like, I can call this person and they will point me back in the direction of truth. Mm-hmm. Like, I think in too many ways, I played that role in his life. Mm-hmm. And so then mm-hmm. once he came to a place that he didn't want to hear from me, he had no no one that had like authority in his life to be like, you are wrong. You need to listen or you need to shift or change in this way or this is what truth is and you Mm. are off and you need to find your way back to truth. Yeah. Um, So I definitely say that that was a contributing factor. Yeah. So you mentioned, I think earlier you were saying how you were trying to kind of keep things together and not um, share with others about, the pro like the progress of your relationship and how it was deteriorating how long was it from the time that he told you and you were dealing with that till you till the time that you actually told someone like hey this is what's Mm. going on and you know just kind of talk through if it was a long period what caused the delay and then you know what came as a result of you finally sharing it uh I mean things were obviously I said off from the very beginning, but we made the one year mark before it was like, Oh, this is like bad, bad. Um, so I mean, I have no idea. It was hot outside. So let's say it was summertime. (laughs) It was hot outside. Okay. So I mean, really, let's say it was summertime. So let's say it was, it was maybe July, August. when He said that to me. I didn't actually tell anyone until December, maybe. Because I remember Thanksgiving that year, I was by myself. He he wasn't there. He was away and nobody knew. I think December, maybe late December. Oh, wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Late December, I think, is when I told the first person, perhaps. Mm. And then, I mean, but that was really late because, I mean, by February, papers had been filed. We Mm -hmm. were, like, getting divorced. Um, And, I mean, like, I didn't tell, like, my parents until, like, literally, I told my parents on, like, I told my mother on maybe a Friday. I told my father maybe that next friday and then that sunday two days later they were in oklahoma to like move my stuff wow wow like papers have been filed and signed like it was like yeah like we were like a week away before i even told my parents um what what was their reaction when you told them because they have been uh, knowing this boy for what 10, i mean yeah since 10, we, they have been knowing him yeah. since we were like 13 14 years old yeah. um i mean they were hurt obviously and then i think that contributed to my guilt that I felt that contributed to my process that I had to go through because I felt like, like I just kept equating it to this example of like my parents just got like we're chickens and like my parents just got bitten by this snake, but like I let the snake in. 
Mm-hmm. So like the fact that they were hurt by someone that I brought into their lives, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that I really felt like guilt because of that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they were hurt and my dad, my dad was hurt and my dad was angry mm-hmm. justifiably. So, um, yeah. How do you think it took you so long to say something? To anyone? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, because I, divorce is not something that I was familiar with or even, like, I, and there was no one, like, walking with us. Like, there are times in marriage where you feel like this, but that's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, you can talk through this, walk through this. Like, there wasn't, like, a couple walking through life with us like that. It wasn't working like that. It was literally just me and him. And it's kind of, like, in the same way that, like, I'm naturally a very private person. If I have an argument with someone that I'm in a relationship with, I'm not that person that runs to my friends and tells them we had an argument. Like that's Mm -hmm. just not who I am. So it was kind of like an escalation of that situation. It's kind of like, at what point are you, do you be like, Oh wait, this is more than just one argument. This is like general things aren't good. Yeah. Um, And so I felt like I had to hold it together. I felt like I had to keep this face of everything is good and everything is okay. And then it's like, we're facing a challenge, but I just didn't, I didn't truly understand the importance of community at that point to that level. And I just thought that it was something that I could just hold together on my own. And I really just kept being like, I don't know what is wrong with you. But like, I have to wake up tomorrow and you will have snapped out of this because I, I don't understand what is wrong with you, Mm. but I know that who you're being is not who you are. And Mm. so I just am waiting. I'm trying, but I'm also waiting for you to be the person that I have known you to be for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Cause one thing that I hear a lot of like, (laughs) Uh, on the reality TV shows that I watch. Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> when they when people end up getting a divorce, they say that they feel like that was their biggest failure. Did you feel like it was your biggest failure? Did you feel like it was a failure? Like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, ab- absolutely. Like, absent absent of like absent of like a marriage failing, you felt like it was a personal failure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I, how could you not? Like, how how could you not? Like, I, like, even well beyond my divorce, like, the last time that I shed a tear about it, I was listening to this song, and I was just like, I literally gave that situation everything that mm-hmm. I had to give to it. Like, I left it all on the table. Like, I gave it everything, and that was not enough. Mm -hmm. Like, it still crashed and burned. And so that, yeah, I mean, absolutely, you take that on personally, especially when you, getting married is not this private thing. It's not like I privately entered into this relationship, and then, like, we just privately separate. Like, no, it's this very 
public celebratory thing that everyone wants to be a part of and all of these people give you gifts and come to celebrate with you and then you're like oh like it's this big huge triumphant thing so then when that doesn't work out it's just like you feel like you failed all of these people who were such champions for you when you were getting married mm-hmm. that's good well do you feel like there's something that like as someone in that time when you were going through it, is there something that you're like, man, I wish or I appreciated how when I did express it, my support group stepped in and helped me walk through it? And I'm asking that question more so for listeners who have know someone that's going through a divorce or may encounter someone that goes through a divorce and how they can process being a support system for that person. Um, I think that, okay, well, I'll do this in different stages. I will say one thing that my support did very well when I was like still married, still living in Oklahoma, I would say was that they were very hopeful with me, very supportive of me, gave me tools to enable me to continue to be hopeful, but they were very practical like Mm -hmm. um like it's like yes I am praying I am believing for reconciliation and all of these things that you are believing for but at the same time this is the truth of the reality Mm -hmm. of where you are right now Mm -hmm. and you need to go and do x y and z so that you will be okay because I just remember like I'll just like my pastors were very hands-on and they were very instrumental in me walking through that situation with the level of victory that I did it's just mm-hmm. like because I was just like like I said like I was just like but it's gonna work like it's gonna work and then I just remember her being like yeah <laughs> I'm praying with you and it wasn't like a fake thing it was like no genuinely I am interceding on your behalf but you need to go and do this okay but he has a lawyer and you need a lawyer mm-hmm. and it's like oh okay yeah. like that seems so obvious but it's like oh I was just like blindly following what she was telling me to do because I was just like oh okay yeah you're right like I okay I I'll go and do this step. And it's like, okay, I'm believing with you, but he can't be trusted. So you need to go and open a bank account that he does not have and put what is yours over here. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're right. I should go and do that. So I think that it's like Mm -hmm. important to be genuinely supportive of the hope that the person may have but also don't be afraid to point them in the direction of the truth of the reality of where they are, because honestly, they genuinely may not be able to see it. Mm. Um, That's, this is crazy. Like listening to you talk, because as, as reasonable and as rational as you are, it's kind of like shocking that these are things that you needed to be told to do. Absolutely. And then you're just like, Oh yeah, maybe I should do that. Like these are very like I mean because I think that yeah. yeah. Like knowing me that doesn't make sense, but once right. you get into a space of faith, what makes sense rationally 
doesn't really make sense in a faith space. Yeah, like it true. didn't make sense for the ark to be built when it ain't never rained before. Mm-hmm. That's true. But then when it was flooding, it was saving lives. Yeah. So it's like I'm a very rational and reasonable person, but I am also someone who will hope beyond hope. Like I'm mm-hmm. that person that when I'm watching a football game, even if it's zero 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 mm-hmm. on the clock, I'm like, well, the ball not already been snapped. Yeah. They can throw a hail mary, and they can win. like I'm believing to the very end yeah, of the are. very mm-hmm. end. Yeah. So it's just like. Yes, I'm not blind to what's going on around me, but I can't let that suppress my faith. And my faith says that I'm going to continue to believe that this will work out. And so I didn't have that balance of this is what faith is telling me to do, but this is practically what I need to do to be able to be okay in case this doesn't work out the Mm -hmm. way I think it's going to. Yeah. Man, that's good. Oh, and like once the divorce actually happened. What I will say that people who supported supported me well did was they did that they like met me where I was and allowed me to be in the space that I was in and pushed me to be better. Like if you're in the space of anger, like, okay, okay, you're angry. Like, I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't be, or if I would, or I went through a time where I was just like super hurt, and I just wanted to just cry because I was just so hurt by what had happened to me. And it's like okay, well if if you're hurt, then be hurt. Like that's okay to feel, but also I need you to understand that you don't need to stay in that space forever. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there is something beyond hurt. There is something beyond anger, and pointing me back honestly to God throughout the entire process. Like not inserting themselves as the answer or themselves as God, but pointing me back to the ultimate source of truth and that and that helped me to stay stable and secure as I walked through the entire process and I will say to you something that other people did that really it really made me angry Mm -hmm. um through the process was like I got from a lot of people like congratulations or like Mm -hmm. good for you what congratulations literally like like who does that coming from coming from this world where women just stay in relationships where they are abused or hurt Mm -hmm. or whatever like oh you got divorced i'm championing your cause but it's like i didn't choose to get divorced Mm -hmm. i fought for my marriage and i would still be married if i could my husband left me Mm -hmm. and so for you to be like good for you i'm like like I remember I was on the phone with some company and I was changing my name and I was telling them I was changing my name because I was getting divorced. And the woman was like, oh, or she, I don't know if she said good for you or she said something like that. And I was like, actually, this is the most devastating thing that's ever happened to me. Can you can you change my card and continue with my business? Wow. Like, like so we're not going to be friends and bond. over. But it was like they thought that they were being like. They thought that they were saying the right thing or being good, like, oh, you're so empowered mm-hmm. because of this. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm literally absolutely devastated by this. Like, mm-hmm. this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me in my life. So no, I don't really want to like people who throw parties when they get divorced, like I don't I don't get that. Like I've come to a place of being healed and being whole. I'm not angry, I'm not sad, I'm not any of that about what happened, but I'm still not now and I don't believe ever going to be throwing a party because 
this was never what I wanted for myself. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm living my absolute best life, like this is not what I would have chosen for myself. And I absolutely believe that that relationship could have been reconciled if the proper steps had been taken in that time and in that space. So I'm not like, oh, I'm so glad that we just like, no, like, no. Yeah, I mean, I get I think I think the the misstep and the overstep was a lot of assumptions that were being made on those people's behalf in terms of like, oh, if you got a divorce, you must like you must have initiated it and you must have wanted it, especially if you're making calls to me to change your name, because like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's one thing that like, honestly, like I know for the name change back, a lot of women don't change their name back or, you know what I mean? Like they, I'm with you. And I think that that's something too, that it's like, okay, good. Like shed your, which one, not a fan of the name changes. I have not changed my name. Um, but Regardless of that, that's whole separate, and, and we should have talked about that with my <laughs> husband. Actually, I just thought about that. Um, but that's separate and apart from what we're talking about. But I think that, like, you know, you shed a lot of your identity when you do get married as women, and that it, it is partly symbolized by the name change. And I think that, honestly, like, I think it is celebratory. And I will say, like, I'm not like proud that you got a divorce, but when. At, since we are in that space and you did get a divorce, I I was proud of you for changing your name back. I'm not even going to lie mm. to you because of the fact that like, that's one thing that people do, you know, and, and remember when like I was getting married and we were sending out stuff, like I had to send you stuff to like, you know, the invite and the whatever. And my mom was addressing the envelopes and she kept putting your married name on there and you texted yeah, she kept putting your married name oh. on the envelope because at this point you uh-huh. had been divorced when I was getting married and yeah. you texted me and it was like, um, just FYI, like my name is now when and like, can you like not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Can you not put the married <laughs> name on there? That would be great. And I was like, huh. I was like, first of all, I, I had told my mom that I've pretty sure she changed her name back but I'm not 100% sure but I also was like it was so much going on that I couldn't reach out to you and just be you know it was a lot going on when you get married whatever yeah so like when you text me I was like good for her because it's like that's that's one thing that is one thing it's like I am this is like a definitive it's done and we're moving on you know what I mean yeah so, so I'm I, proud of you for doing that. I am not a fan of the name change. I am a fan of the name change in Andrea's situation, but in my situation, it was so isolating. My mother went back to her maiden name, and all my siblings have my mother's maiden name. I was the mm-hmm. only person with a different last name. So I literally <laughs> thought, had the concept in my mind that I was an outsider and mm-hmm. that I was adopted. Like, like, even I, though I, I knew get, that, I get that. Even though I knew, like, this, these are my parents, but I, I despise having a different last name. But I will tell you, so like, one, there's this this guy I went to law school with, and his parents got a divorce, and when they got a divorce, she changed her name and she changed all her kids' name to be her name. Oh wow! Because wow. she kept, yeah. So like, I you know, what I mean? like. That. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, it's like, 
I I I understand both sides of it, but I do I do think because even like I used to teach, and like if you got a kid whose mama's name was different from the child's name, it was this whole like pre-assumptive thing that was being made before like the the meeting even happens, like who they must be, and you know what I mean. So I get that, I do get that, <laughs> but like no, I was I was definitely proud of you for that. Yeah. Um. So maybe that's where that lady was coming from. But I do, I can say that I'm pretty sure like people assume immediately upon you telling them that you got a divorce or when you were in that space of like, yeah, I just got a divorce and I'm making all these changes or whatever, that they were assuming that you wanted it and you made your out because you're calling to affirmatively change, make all these changes because of that. So yeah, I do think there was a lot of assumptions made on that behalf. Yeah. yeah, and that's another thing that I think that happens, and that's another point of I think something that you have to work through if you get divorced is dealing with other people's assumptions because you yeah. deal with the people who assume that oh you are this great feminist and this great champion yeah. of this cause yeah. that you left your marriage and I'm like yeah. you're insane that's not my situation <laughs> and then there's this other group of people who when they find out you're divorced immediately look down on you like you didn't try hard mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially for me, like, I recall, so we, again, like I said, we got, our divorce was finalized two years to the day after we got married. And I remember, like, I got divorced in March, I think, maybe. And then in May, I was back at home at my parents, at my dad's birthday party. And my neighbor growing up who lives next door to, well, used to live next door to my parents, was at my parents' house. And she hadn't seen me since my wedding and she like helped with our mm-hmm. wedding she helped do the catering or whatever and she was like oh how is such and such and I was like oh we're not together anymore and she said already and I just remember in that moment Ooh, oh. being furious I was so angry hmm. and I wasn't just angry at her but I was angry at him because I was just like here I am in this situation yeah having to deal with this as a result of choices that you made and you are nowhere to be found. Like I am being forced to face this because of things that are beyond my control. And so it's just, I don't know. I would just say, if you find out that someone is divorced, the the best thing that someone said to me, it was right when I was getting divorced and I was moving back to where I live, Nashville. And (laughs) I, my, like company was having like this party and I told my coworker I'm moving oh oh I'm moving back to Nashville and she was just like oh is your husband going with you and I looked at her and I said no he's not and she said oh and she was just like I'm sorry and I was like so am I and like that was so meaningful to me Mm. that you recognize that this is not a good thing this is not something that I'm just like throwing a party about that this is not something that's just like this joyous liberation which some people's divorce may be like that I can only speak for myself and for me that's not what it was like like you acknowledge that I am hurting and you're sorry that this is the situation that I'm in and I'm able to express to you that yes I'm sorry that this is the situation that I'm in as well yeah and I think if you default to that then they could tell you oh girl I didn't have to be sorry about you know yeah. what I mean like right. I'm just thinking about like my neighbor is going through the same thing and she, she called me and told me when she she old and she be talking 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 and so <laughs> she, she ain't gonna listen to this podcast but uh so she <laughs> called me and told me what was going on and I'm like 
oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. She was like, girl, celebrate. I was like, all right. Well, if that's where you at, then all right. That's great. Right. Like yeah. give 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 someone to say yeah. the space to say where they are and then you mm-hmm. meet them where they are, but don't assume where they are. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, that's in good. everything in life, not just with yeah. divorce. Yeah, that's, that's a valid point. Andrea, what, what would you say is the biggest thing that you took away from the experience? Like, what is, like, in hindsight, what is something that you learned from the experience? Uh, whew, a wolf. Do we have a whole nother podcast? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did I learn? Brief synopsis. One, I can't change anyone mm-hmm. um not that I went into the situation looking to change him but once he was something that I didn't recognize I tried so vigorously to like rationally explain the reality to get him to shift his paradigm and it didn't work and I was like oh wait sometimes you can't just explain your way into getting people to see reason um so I can't so that all of that came to say that I don't control and cannot control anyone but myself. Yeah. Like that was huge takeaway. Huge. Yeah, that's good. I can't control anyone but me. Like if you love me today and hate me tomorrow, I have zero control over that. The only thing that I can do is choose to be the best version of myself every single day. And that I am eternally loved, not by the people that are around me, but my by, by Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to love me today and choose to hate me tomorrow, it does not change the fact that I am loved. Mm-hmm. Because I am loved by God first and foremost and always. And I will not give you the power to stop me from living my life. Like, I have eternal life again given to me by God like I really just learned that my ultimate truth and foundation has to come from the truth of who God is and the truth of who God says that I am Mm -hmm. because everything outside of that is fluctuating like how you feel about me how this person feels about me how this what this person chooses to say whether you choose to compliment me today or never compliment me again in my life like I can't control none of that and it's all fluid, but what is truth that will never change is the truth of who God is and who he says that I am. Mm-hmm. That's good. And so I think that that's definitely the biggest lesson that I learned. Yeah, you purchased it. Like, no, no, just like to find my satisfaction in him. It's like, he is like the cake and the meal and the everything. And anything that I get in life is just icing beyond that Mm -hmm. so if I never get any of the icing like I'm still sustained by the meal I'm still satisfied by the dessert itself you know what I mean girl that sounds like a book hey everyone your cash donations can be made to Dre what's your cash app (laughs) just gonna send your little love offering to the cash app cash tag no, That's good. but like it was the it was the hardest thing I ever went through. But I learned the most. It's the it's the one experience that taught me the most in life. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, satisfaction, good. um, where are you going with this? I'm interested. <laughs> Is you missing the you know nice. the the benefits of getting marriage? it in sex? 
I will absolutely. I mean, hello. Have you have anyone that's met me is like absolutely. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I'm not someone who shies away from the fact that I just really love sex. Um, <laughs> but so and I know funny. that like just like I know that there are. It's really interesting because I've talked to people before and they're like, well, once I got engaged, it was so hard to wait because he was right there and the finish line was right there. I am the opposite type of person. Like, oh, you mean I can see a light at the end of this tunnel? Oh, you mean like I got to I can start a countdown on a calendar, <laughs> ain't but 97 days away? You know what I mean? Like, at that point, it's a lot easier for me to hold on. Yeah. But once I got divorced and it's like, the horizon was just <laughs> wide open. <laughs> and it was it was just like wow. Like I I have like no estimate at all whatsoever <laughs> when it's gonna go down again. Like I was that that was a very challenging season in my life, I will say. And uh yeah, there was it was it was a lot of fasting <laughs> and like that's not a joke like really you push back that plate long enough you get hungry enough that you don't be thinking about that no more so mm. i mean that was the route i had to go down wow that's funny that's yeah, real that girl stayed well, on the horizon <laughs> you you mentioned I mean, girl, that it was just wide open sis <laughs> you mentioned that um you're currently you know living your best life post divorce all of that so Y'all. like what what has life been like um since you've been divorced with dating and you know uh all just you know dating getting yourself back up on your feet like you moved to another city after that like yeah. how was all of that um okay so let's start with getting back on my feet. I will say that I honored my husband when I was married and I honored God in my marriage. So when my marriage ended, I was like, okay, God, I know you got me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was like, my lifestyle not about to decrease. The car I drive not about to decrease. My living situation not about to decrease. Like, I'm not about to lower my expectations mm-hmm. as to what it is you will provide for me just because a man is not here because he was never my source. Come on. And you are always my source. Let him know. So, I had my expectations very high and God met those expectations. So, I mean... I just pressed for a a bigger and a better life. And I was able to experience that and to have that. And Mm -hmm. um, also in that, shifting into dating, um, I had somebody say to me, it takes you half the time of the relationship to get over the relationship. Hmm. And I said, I bind that Mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus because we was together for (laughs) 12 years. And I said, I will not take six years to get over you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. But honestly, once from the time that I was like divorced and it's like, oh, okay, like this is really happening because this has happened. I meditated on the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how 
they went into the fiery furnace and when it said they came out and they did not even smell like smoke i said god i have honored you in my marriage i have honored you in this situation and i will come out of this and i refuse to be one of those women that you meet and you like oh you got the stench of divorce on you mm-hmm. like I, you know them women that it's like mm-hmm. it done been 10 years and you still ain't right <laughs> like <laughs> i said no i will not be that person but i will come out of this and i will not even smell like smoke like you will not even be able to know that this is what has happened to me unless i unless i tell you mm-hmm. such. and so in order to do that i knew that i had to be intentional about taking the time to heal from that situation so I said, okay, I give, I was like, God, I give you a year, 365 days, that if the man of my dreams came up to me tomorrow, I would literally be like, holler at me in 364 more days because I can't engage you right now because I'm healing. Mm-hmm. Because I'm healing. Because I knew that if I did not heal, that I would hurt the next yep. person yeah. and whoever the next person was did not deserve to be hurt because of what someone else did. Mm-hmm. And so I took that year and over the course of that year, oh, I grew a lot. I learned a lot. I went through the, the multiple stages of grief and I, I lived my life and it was great. And I, I just learned and I grew a lot. Um, And so then at the end of that, I was open to dating, but I also knew that there were things that I would not know how to navigate until I found myself in a relationship again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you can only do so much healing on your own Mm -hmm. until you get with another person and you like, oh, I'm super triggered because you just said that. And I didn't know I would be, but I'm in the moment and I, right now I really am. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but it was important for me to take that time on the front end. I think that there is huge, this huge pattern of people jumping from one relationship into another and not really embracing grief. Mm. And one thing that I have learned in life is that grief is such an amazing, beautiful thing. And so much growth can come from grief if you will just embrace it. And grief Mm -hmm. does not mean just sitting around crying 24 hours a day. Cause I guarantee you, I was not sitting around crying for a year. I was living my life, but at the same time I was acknowledging what I was losing, looking forward to what I would be gaining. I was legitimately walking through grief in the means of what are the things that have been left unsaid? Let me write a journal entry and say those things, you know, like, or what are the things that I need to take, ownership of that I did not do well let me take inventory of those things and so that I can be better in the future like that is what it truly means to walk through grief grief doesn't just look like crying all the time because you should grieve so many things if you stop one job and start another that's a grieving process mm-hmm. what are you leaving behind yeah, Acknowledge I ain't gonna those grieve things. if I leave this job <laughs> I mean, but, no but really I agree there are some things that you will leave behind at that job yeah. that you won't have at the next yeah. that you need to really take inventory of and be grateful for yeah. or you won't be able to fully embrace 
and enjoy and appreciate the next stage in life that you are in. And so I think that people shy away from grief because it's seen as this dark, heavy thing. But I really, truly learned what it looks like to grieve and how beautiful and just fruitful that can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that sounds like a book for real. Yeah. <laughs> we need to, we need to talk. We're going to talk offline. <laughs> No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, any other? Anybody have any questions for her? No, that ever? was good. Yeah, I mean, thanks for sharing. That yeah, was really yeah, that good. Was great. Drop some gems. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you definitely did. Definitely. Well, did. Thanks. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that is going to be it for us. Oh, I will say, Drea, this weekend, Shelby and I are going to do the couples yoga. (gasps) Yes, I was gonna say the people like, yeah, I posted on the page and someone was like, they need to do it. So Camille, you and Jeremy got to do it too. Oh, I'm so excited. We're going to do it. You're recording it, right? So we could post on the page. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Oh, I cannot wait. (laughs) I need the unedited version. I don't need to see what's going on Instagram. I need the raw footage. That's what I want. That's so good. (laughs) Yeah, so stay tuned for that. That should be fun. Nice. All right. Any other, any final thoughts before we get ready to sign on off? Y'all stay inside for real. I have I have final thoughts. I would just like to say, if you are listening to this and you, I don't know what stage of the process that you may be in, just know that there is light, even if it seems like you are in darkness. Like when I think of the lowest, absolute lowest place in my life, it is a moment in time that I vividly remember when I was in the midst of my failing relationship. But where I am now is so contrary to that. So I would just like to encourage you to hold on and to honor where you are so that you can walk away from that situation and know that you gave it your all and that there is more and bigger and better that is available for you in life, wherever you are. Girl, you're so anointed. The Lord calls you blessed. Girl, I wanted to take a lot, and I didn't want to do too much. I was about to walk around. I'm over here like, y'all, stay inside, Trap. Well, you know, in First Corinthians <laughs> 2 3, like, what? I have not quoted a single scripture. You are doing the most. Girl, your words are anointed. Real yeah, that was great. Yes, was your great. home call you blessed, blessed, blessed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kick, I have to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna go so Dre can pee. Uh, <laughs> right. we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.